Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are recapping the Stephen F. Austin game that did not go as well as I think most of us were expecting. Uh, and then looking ahead a little bit to this Colorado game that's coming up. It'll be the last game for the Jayhawks before the Christmas break starts. To help me go over all of this fun stuff like he normally does, it is Steve Fetch, our basketball editor over at Rock Chalk Talk. Fetch, how you doing tonight? Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. All right. So, uh, we are trying to figure out what to take from this game because I'm going to tell you an 80 to 72 win is not what I expected for the Jayhawks. Um, you know, it actually looked pretty close to the end of this game. Like there was an opportunity for Kansas to not win the game. And I realized that the, you know, the, the winning percentage or the, the, the projections never really got to Kansas being less than roughly about 85 to 90%. Um, but I do think that there's definitely some uh, some worry if you're a Kansas fan, you know, about worrying the way that that game was going, especially having seen a Dayton game in the not too distant past. What were your main thoughts, or or were you worried about them actually losing this game? Um, not really, to be honest with you. Even when it when it got close, um, just kind of Stephen uh, F. Austin certainly not a, a bad team or a bad program by any means. I went into the Cameron Indoor and beat Duke at Duke, I think, two years ago. So um, certainly, you know, have had success. Obviously, they've uh, been a consistent NCAA tournament team. So uh, nothing against them at all, but just, you know, talent-wise on a one-to-one basis, they, they definitely don't stack up with Kansas. So wasn't really worried in that sense. I just think that, uh, you know, the big takeaways for me probably were the defense again. Um, not great. You know, Stephen F. Austin scoring a point per possession against you is not really what you want to have happen. Then I think, you know, on more of a more of a macro level, stuff with the the rotation uh, kind of continues to to crystallize, where there's a, a very clear, you know, top seven, top eight uh, developing, and 
maybe not the the top seven or top eight that I would have. Um, obviously, you know, Bell South knows a lot more than I do, but those are kind of two things that that stood out to me for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I know specifically what you're talking about. Um, you know, just like I, I think that Clements probably would have had some additional minutes if it was up to you and I. Um, I, I but I, I'm having a hard time really kind of faulting the way that they actually play. Yes, Miss Lightfoot played 26 minutes in this game because McCormick was awful. Um, I do think, you know, there, there's a lot of people that are really down on McCormick for this game, but I actually went back and watched it today, the day that we're recording this. And let me tell you, um, you know, we, we were going to get to this eventually, but my first impression looking at David McCormick, just even in the first like two minutes when he picked up those two fouls, he looked winded the entire time. And, and I know that KJ Adams was out being ill, a, a non-COVID illness. Um, I, I don't wonder if, or I'm sorry, I, I wonder if McCormick was ill um, and was just playing through it, uh, you know, wasn't particularly feeling too well because he looked like he was exhausted and winded the entire time. He was late on rotations. He was late on his possessions. Like the only time that he actually made good defensive plays was when the guy drove right into him or he didn't have to move, you know, or like um, boxing out on rebounds where he was underneath the basket when the shot went up. Like it seemed like if he didn't have to move, he could play really well. But the more he tried to move, and, you know, he had problems really getting up the floor on offense as well. So it just looked to me like he wasn't ready to go, not because, you know, he's just not playing well, but more because he it, it just looked like he didn't feel well to me, which is, I think, an explanation at this point, not necessarily an excuse. If he has problems against Colorado again in a similar sort of situation, then you have to wonder, you know, either he is severely ill and is playing through it when he maybe should be resting instead and they can, you know, get guys in the rotation that they can rely on that are going to be able to give it a hundred percent. Um, or there really is something to worry about with McCormick. But I mean, looking at the way that McCormick played, how worried are you about him moving forward at this point? Well, I think, you know, first things first. Yeah. I think you're probably right. As far as the, uh, you know, illness thing goes, I mean, KJ Adams didn't play cause he was sick and, uh, <laughs> seems very weird, you know, in this day and age that he's still on the bench and stuff like that. And I mean, I, I assume he tested negative and everything, but um, just seems, yeah, just seems kind of weird. And, and I'm sure that that's going around and the flu goes around seemingly every college campus every winter. So I'm sure that's just what it is. So could you, you know, say that that impacted, uh, not just McCormick, but kind of everyone probably, um, you know, obviously I'm sure Stephen F. Austin is dealing with that as well. Although they certainly played harder than Kansas did. So, um, hopefully that's all that, that that was. And, and it's not uh, bigger problems, but um, to McCormick in general, you know, I, I mean, yes and no. Um, I mean, I, I think McCormick does better when he is a, you know, guy who clogs up the middle defensively. Um, you know, he's improved his steal rate a, a tremendous amount this year versus his career high. He's blocking more shots this year versus any other point in his career. So I think you can say that he's playing, you know, legitimately good defense. And I think it's certainly, um, Certainly a thing you can say that the defense falls off when he is out and, and you have another big guy in there. So I definitely think his, um, you know, his performance is pretty important going forward for Kansas. Um, offensively, obviously, he has not been very good. Um, so that's something that needs to continue. But um, given the way he improved from non-conference last year to the Big 12 season last year, uh, I'm still comfortable waiting uh, until you know maybe late January or so to see if that will happen um at the same time you know I still would love to see Jalen Wilson get some more minutes at the five I don't 
I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but, um, you know, we know what we have in Mitch Lightfoot, and I think it's probably not good enough to get Kansas to a Final Four. And um, I think Zach Clemens could be a good rotation piece, but for whatever reason, it seems like Bill Phelps just doesn't trust him right now. So that means that, you know, McCormick's um, performance is, is even more important going forward. Yeah, I mean, it, it almost seems to me like Clemens is, is more of an afterthought. It's not that he couldn't you know, come on and be, and be a big guy, but they're, they're really trying to get Mitch Lightfoot continuing to, to move forward. And he, he gave some really good minutes in this game, to be honest. Like, yes, he had some, some issues. And I, I honestly think when he first came in, he was overhyped. Um, he had a lot of energy and was flying around all over the place, but that was almost as bad as it was good for him. Um, because, you know, he, he, he missed a couple plays because he was bouncing around too much. Uh, but he also made some hustle plays that I don't know that he would have gotten if he hadn't been as hyped up as he was. Um, but but Jalen Wilson played a decent number of minutes down low there. Uh, and and that, I think that did kind of help to get him going a little bit in this particular game, which is something you and I have talked about in the past that, you know, that, that could be one avenue for them to get Wilson involved, especially if McCormick's going to have an off night. Um, you know, I saw a debate raging um, on Twitter between Jesse and I think it was like CJ McCormick and, and, and a few other guys kind of talking about, David McCormick and whether he, you know, gives you enough on the defense to make up for what he's not giving you offensively. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, cause I mean, I could see the argument about, you know, um, having McCormick out there maybe opens up some additional space for those three point shooters. They can get better shots. And so they're going to perform better. Um, but you know, if he's not actually giving that offensive performance and not scoring a bunch inside, that's probably only going to last to some, you know, certain time period. And then, they're going to be able to kind of sag off him a little bit and maybe not pay as much attention to him. But um, I mean, are, are you, are you worried about the fact that he is giving up so much on offense at this point, or do you think it's something that's just bound to get better and it's just a matter of how fast it does? Yeah, no, I, I definitely am. I've kind of, uh, you know, mentioned this a few times that maybe a lot of his offensive improvement in the big 12 season last year was just that some of his, you know, questionable shots were going in versus missing, but, um, he did have a, you know, he did improve his assist rate uh, quite a bit in Big 12 play last year. Uh, it's very, very low. That's your lowest of his career. Um, I think that's a big step, you know, kicking the ball out. And, and you know, theoretically, he should be able to um, kick the ball out and, and get more assists this year just because Kansas has some more threats on the perimeter this year versus last year. Um, so you'd hope that those numbers would go up. And if they do, you know, I think that um, – I think that, you know, his numbers are going to improve. I also think, you know, he, he's doing a really good job of getting the free throw line. Um, if that continues, you know, obviously he's not shooting the ball well at the line right now, but um, he's a you know career 74% shooter from the line. He's only at 60% this year. So if you figure he's going to get up closer to that 70, 74% mark, you know, those are some more points as well. And then, um, you know, analytically speaking, like getting uh, opposing players into foul trouble is kind of, not as important as like, you know, TV commentators make it sound like and stuff. But there is, you know, certainly no question that if you're in the NCAA tournament or something like that, then you can force the opposing team's big man to get two quick fouls and put you on the line twice and stuff. That's going to have an impact, um, you know, in terms of him having to come out of the game and adjusting game plans and, and yada, yada, yada. So um, I do think that if he improves offensively, and I think he has the ability to improve offensively, um, it's going to be good things for Kansas as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things kind of like what you were talking about, you know, the improve or the, uh, the, the foul trouble, like it can be good. It can be super important in situation, like situationally, 
Um, but but if that's your main goal is to try to get the opponent in foul trouble, it's not one. You're not probably going to be super successful because people are going to account for that and you're going to change the way that they play you. Um, but but also too, you cannot count on getting the whistle, with, especially with how inconsistent it is uh, by you know from from different referees. You can't count on that as your style of play. And so it's it's a nice bonus when it happens. Um, you know, it kind of sucks when it happens to you, but it's not really something you can build your offense or build your team around. And it's not one of those really skills. I think that's repeatable. It's more about finishing through contact that sometimes will get called sometimes won't, um, you know, and, and I mean, I, I also was looking, you know, one of the big narratives, cause I actually didn't get to watch the game live. I had to go back and watch it again, uh, on the replay. And one of the big narratives I thought that came out of that game that I was a little surprised when I went back and looked at the box score and was actually watching it was, People were talking about how bad KU's free throw shooting was in this particular game. I mean, they were 21 to 27. So, I mean, they were like 78%, which isn't a hor- like it isn't fantastic, but it isn't horrible. And so I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a little surprised that that was such a big narrative that it was. What really, I think, jumped out to me just was the fact that, you know, Kansas, Kansas just seemed off the entire night. I mean, they, they turned it over 15 times, so they turned it over at a, at a 21% clip, which is a little bit higher than they normally do. Um, but they just they just weren't shooting as well as they normally do. Um, I don't even know that they necessarily had as many opportunities, but it, 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 like, it's, it's one of those things. I look statistically at this game and I don't even know that they played as badly as people seem to think that they did. Like, you know, they, they got a 1.11 points per possession on offense, um, which is phenomenal. The, the defense, yes, wasn't quite as great, but, you know, there was there was definitely some times where Stephen F. Austin just started playing out of their mind, making shots that I wouldn't have thought that they would. Um, there was definitely some defensive lapses, kind of similar to what we saw against Dayton. Um, but I mean, for the most part, this looked like Kansas. Kansas played a a a I would say probably a B plus game for them, and Stephen F. Austin just played an A plus game for them, and it wasn't enough to win. So, like, I mean, is is there anything specifically that really worries you about this moving forward, or does it seem like this was just a bad night that they are able to still get? an eight point win off of that was a little bit closer than you would normally hope for, but isn't really something to be worried about moving forward. Well, I, I think, you know, like you said, credit to Stephen F. Austin for, for playing well, uh, for sure. Uh, my, I guess my big thing, and I'm going to do a little uh, Googling here while we do this, which is always uh, fantastic radio. But um, again, it's the, it's the shots at the rim thing, you know, 34 of their 41 twos were taken at the rim uh, and they made Fair. 22 of those 34. Like those are, those are two things that absolutely can't happen against a team like Stephen F. Austin, you know, a team that um, you have a size and athleticism advantage and, and more so, you know, an athleticism advantage than anything. Um, you know, Bill Self talked about getting, you know, bigger, longer, more athletic uh, in the off season. And so far, um, that hasn't really translated defensively. You know, if you are bigger, longer, more athletic, you're not going to let teams get to the rim on you and you're not going to let teams score on you, especially when you're Bill Self and, you know, your your number one thing is not letting teams uh, get easy baskets. So um, that's disappointing. You know, just, just quick checking hoop math right now. They're 297th in the country in terms of letting teams uh, get to the rim, um, which uh, obviously is terrible. And uh, in terms of, Field goal percentage allowed uh, at the rim. Uh, they are 194th nationally. So uh, yeah, that's, that's not very good. You know, considering the fact that they've, um, you know, they, they played an okay schedule. I thought Jesse Newell had a thing where they're the only team in the Ken Palm top 10 right now to have played 
uh, a top 100 um, non-conference schedule so far. Uh, but they're not playing, you know, the, the Kentuckys and the Dukes and, you know, whatever these, you know, blue blood teams that they will play sometimes um, in the in the non-conference. You know, they're playing a lot of teams that they have a size and athleticism advantage over. And certainly they're, they're good teams, um, but they're not the teams that should be getting to and scoring at the rim, you know, at will on them. So um, some of that is, is a scheme thing for sure, but some of it is just, a, you know, an athleticism thing and, uh, that's the part that worries me. You know, if it's if it's just a scheme thing, um, that's great news for Kansas because you can you know scheme around some of that stuff. And and if those numbers get even a little bit better, you know, then you're talking about your offense going from yeah or your defense. I'm sorry, they're 61st right now in Torbeck. And you know, if you can get that to the 30th or 25th or something like that, then you've got a championship contender. But if it's staying where it is, um, and they're they're you know letting teams score at the rim like they are, then you're talking about a team that you know, we'll be lucky to make it to, to the Sweet 16. So that's obviously a, a huge difference. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Ken Palm and they have KU at the 38th best defense, according to Ken Palm. So I'm, I'm wondering what the difference is there. It may be some preseason bias that's still built in, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but will eventually fall off if they don't continue to improve. And look, speaking of improving, you too can improve your wardrobe by going to sponsor here on the podcast, Homefield Apparel. Homefield Apparel is the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel brand anywhere. They have t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, joggers, anything you can think of. It's going to have absolutely fantastic, great vintage college logos. They have over a hundred different schools available. They keep adding new ones all the time. They're done for this year, but this year's almost over. So before you know it, they'll be adding additional schools um, you know, sooner than you can really, really think about. Uh, Kansas is not there yet, but let me tell you, regardless of the fact they don't have the Jayhawks and regardless of how often I'm actually asking them and asking Travis Goff and, and the rest of the K- the Kansas Athletic Department to please hurry up and get us some home field with some KU Jayhawks on it, they have a bunch of really, really great, great uh, logos, really great vintage apparel that's absolutely fantastic i have like seven or eight shirts of my own my wife i got her some stuff last year for christmas um you know it's absolutely fantastic stuff she steals mine all the time because it's so comfortable and let me tell you the the logos they have are absolutely phenomenal i have a byu cougars one it's great i have a marching uh Cy shirt yes i realize it's iowa state but uh the, the shirt looks just absolutely fantastic and then of course i got ones like zot from uh, uc santa barbara they have just so many different great logos the, the the UD from from University of Delaware. So I guarantee if you go out there, you're going to find something absolutely fantastic that you're going to want to wear. And it's going to be the most comfortable thing that you've ever worn. It's absolutely fantastic. If you go over to homefieldapparel.com, use promo code CHALK12. You can get 15% off of your entire first order. All orders over $100 get free shipping. And let's be honest, if you're going to go over there, you're going to spend more than $100 even with the 15% off. It's just that great. So head on over, Homefield Apparel dot com 15% off using promo code shock 12 uh you know head on I, I promise you will not regret it um but yeah no I mean it's 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 definitely kind of what you were talking about you know in that uh this is potentially worrisome just depending on how they how they pick it up and how they're able to develop by the time they get to big 12 play and are playing a murderer's row of of opponents at that point and, and kind of to your point like yes they haven't played a lot of those big teams um, you know, I think the, the expectation though, was that Michigan state was, well, Michigan state, I think is, is one of those better teams that you could rely on to kind of bolster the record. And 
I think the expectation was that they were going to get to play Alabama in that, you know, Thanksgiving tournament. And for, because of both of the teams that didn't actually happen. So it's definitely, it's definitely one of those things where they missed some opportunities to have really good wins on their resume, but they're still playing a very good schedule. You know, they're still playing a schedule that you would assume is, is good enough to, to really bolster what they have in the way, and the way that people are accounting for them. So, you know, I, I definitely think that it's, it's not worrisome yet at this point. Um, you know, you could make an argument that, that this is probably the worst overall performance that they've had, um, even over a game like the Dayton game. Although, like, I, I think if those are your two worst performances, though, the entire season, then you're in really, really good shape. So, um, you know, they, they will need to improve from here uh, in, in order, you know, <laughs> in order for that to really, really, really uh, turn around for them and to not have to worry about what is going to be coming up here. Uh, for the rest of the year. So I do want to go ahead and move over to uh, the Colorado game coming up. But before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Welcome one, welcome all. And yes, I want you to listen to the Tortillas and Tanks podcast presented by 1012 Network. If you are a fan that is of a team that has 12 wins, going to the national championships every year. They just love to talk about all the success that your program has had. Well, then you're probably not a Texas Tech fan. However, if you are a fan that just likes to really be in it every week and and really have a real good shot at winning it, you're also probably not a Texas Tech fan. However, if you have really high highs and really low lows and really drink quite a bit, you might be a Texas Tech fan. So come along and party with us here at Tortillas and Takes. We're going to sit back, crack open a cold one, eat some tortillas, and as always, we're going to stay wrecked, people. And we're back. All right. So here is Steve Fetcher, basketball editor over at Ruck Talk Talk. Uh, we are talking about, well, we, we just got done talking about the Stephen F. Austin game. We're getting ready to talk about the Colorado game. And uh, look, this game coming up, you know, this is kind of the typical go on the road prior to the Christmas break. Let everybody go home from where they are. You know, so that way nobody actually has to pay for the ticket to go back home, uh, which is, I think, one of the most awesome things that the that the staff does with the way that they schedule things, uh, because it, it really does help the help the guys out. But I, I am kind of curious when you look at this Colorado team, um, what is it that you look at and that you see that could potentially give this Kansas team problems? Yeah, well, we just talked about the uh, you know rim defense for Kansas. Uh, rim offense for Colorado, they're fifth in the country at getting uh, their shots at the rim. So uh, almost half of their field goals come uh, at the rim. So uh, that's going to be something. And uh, they don't shoot at a great percentage there. I mean, they're 267th nationally, but, you know, the the benefit of getting a lot of shots at the rim is that, you know, even if you're not very good at doing it, it still translates into a, a pretty good percentage overall. You know, they're shooting 56%. Um, at the rim and if you can tell a team they'd shoot 56 percent from two uh they'd take it so uh, that's something that's uh you know something that kansas needs to watch out for i uh, don't really know what they're going to do just because they're not great at keeping teams from getting to the rim so uh, i could very much be a, a bit of a layup fest for colorado um i might take the uh might take the over um considering their strength and offense kind of translates directly into ku's uh defensive weakness uh, defensively, you know, they're, they're not very good. Um, they're giving off a lot of threes. Uh, teams are shooting a, a pretty decent percentage from two against them. Uh, they don't force a lot of turnovers. So, um, in fact, there's going to be a lot of points in this one. Um, again, you know, they're a team that 
if they play well, can potentially bother Kansas a little bit. Um, they played decently well against UCLA. Uh, lost by 12, but we're kind of in that for big portions of the game, if I remember correctly. And, um, you know, beat Stanford, who's a, a, an okay enough team. So um, they're going to be, uh, I don't know if a difficult opponent is the correct, uh, you know, correct term, but it's one of those where, uh, like that Temple game a few years ago, or, you know, like, uh, you know, San Diego State game a couple years ago or something like that. If uh, they don't take them seriously, then then there could be an upset. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things. This reminds me actually a lot of the way we talked about the Stephen F. Austin game, where you know the expectation was that you know they that they didn't do anything super particularly well except for one thing that potentially could give Kansas problems. But Kansas, you know, does so many other things so much better that it, it shouldn't be an issue. And, and we saw that actually come exactly to a head in the way we weren't expecting it with the Stephen F. Austin game, where you know the one thing that Stephen F. Austin does well they did really well in this game um you know and then and then Kansas wasn't able to kind of push their advantage elsewhere I'm worried that this sort of thing is going to happen here looking at the Ken Palm page you know Colorado um is number 11 in terms of the free throw attempts per field goal attempts um which kind of speaks to what you're talking about where they get a bunch of points from the rim you know they are driving in and getting good looks from inside and often converting those and turning them, you know, or or getting to a situation there where they're going to the foul line. And yes, as much as we just said that, look, you can't necessarily rely on that as your offense. If you are going inside, you're going to be more likely to get those calls. Um, and if you're finishing strong inside, you're going to get a bunch of points at the rim. Um, and so it seems like those two things are going together. It's a matter of Kansas is going to have to be careful to not get their bigs in foul trouble. McCormick's going to have to be careful the way that he plays. You know, and if he is in a situation where he's just, he's not feeling 100%, um, it's going to take, I think, some scheming to kind of get around the issue if he's if he's slow for a step. So I am definitely kind of worried about that, that we could see a similar sort of game, except that this Colorado team is much better, I think, than, than CNF Austin. So it could be a problem, especially with them being on the road. Um, you know, you, you have to hope that, one, the CNF Austin game was enough of a wake-up call for them, and that, two, it was kind of temporary things that they're going to be able to overcome and be ready to go for this particular game. Looking at the Colorado roster, are you worried about any particular player? Well, um, you know, Evan Daddy has been their best player for sure um, by a by a long stretch. I, I guess one thing overall I, I do kind of want to point out too is, you know, one good bit of info is they don't take a lot of threes at all. So it's not yeah, going to be a game where they're going to shoot. Yeah, and it's not going to be a game where they're going to shoot, you know, 50 threes and make 20 of them, and that's how they're going to win. I mean, they're going to have to win a two-point shooting battle and for, you know, how good is, excuse me, for how good they are at getting to the rim, uh, they're still not as good of a, a two-point shooting team as Kansas is. So if it's going to be a two-point shooting battle, you got to like the Jayhawks. So they're going to have to do something different uh, to win. But um, in any event, yeah, I mean, Evan Batty has been their best player. One guy that, that has kind of uh, stood out to me a little bit um, has been Elijah Parquet, who, um, you know, four-year senior, um, doesn't really shoot a ton, but really uh, efficient. Um, somebody who um, is coming off a, a season where he shot 42% from three, so he's 22% now this year. So you have to figure that, um, you know, might adjust a little bit. So if he gets hot, you know, that could be something that's pretty dangerous. But, you know, they've just got a lot of guys who, um, you know, they share the wealth really well. There's only a couple of guys who, you know, take an, an inordinate amount of shots. Um, it's not a thing where they're dominated by one guy. So there's not really that sense that, 
you know, there's that one guy you have to stop and that's it. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of an, an overall effort from them, which like we talked about in that St. John's game, you know, this year you'd almost like that where it's more of a, an overall thing versus the, the one star player who that's all you have to do to, to take out of the game. Whereas last year, you know, because they had a, a defensive stopper like Marcus Garrett, um, you, know, you wanted that one star player. Right, right. Because last year was a whole lot easier to shut down the one star player. Whereas this year, they don't really have, like, I worry about a guy like Jabari Walker. Um, you know, he is a absolute beast on the inside. It's being six nine, he's not going to give up a bunch of size to McCormick if McCormick's on or whoever else is down low playing. Um, he is absolutely phenomenal on the boards, though. Uh, he's got he's getting twenty five percent of opportunities for defensive rebounds, and he's rebounding a full ten point three percent. You know, in in offensive rebounding situations, so he is he is hits the he hits the boards real hard. Uh, you know, he's, he's averaging three blocks. I'm sorry. He's, his block percentage is 3%. So like that, that again is ranked in the top, you know, 500 players in the entire, uh, you know, throughout the entire country. Like he, he is a guy that I would be worried about Kansas going up against. And he's that presence on the inside. That's going to make it difficult for Kansas to get what they want inside. So I think that's really what you kind of have to worry about. If you're, if you're looking at this is, um, you know, is Kansas going to be able to overpower with the with what they have down low, or is it going to be a situation where because the one thing you have to account for is that yes, Kansas's two point percentage is you know at fifty nine point one on the year, but that doesn't take into account you know spots where they get fouled and the shot doesn't count, and then they go to the line and then they're having trouble shoot, shooting free throws on the year. They're less than seventy percent, which is not a good percentage to have, um, and so that would potentially be something I might be concerned about is that Kansas could be getting the fouls that they need to like put the opponent in foul trouble, but missing on opportunities for points and not being able to, to kind of overcome that because they're having a, a poor, a, a poor uh, performance from the free throw line. So that's definitely something I think to keep an eye on, especially since Colorado does have a few guys that can actually, you know, bang down low with them. Evan Batty, like you said, is, is tall enough that he can play down low if he needs to. Um, it's not necessarily where he excels, but he's, he's able to do it. They have Tristan Da Silva as well, who's a really good player that plays down low as well. And when Kansas is only playing one big, it gives Colorado an opportunity to really spread out those minutes and do everything that they can to really frustrate McCormick or, you know, Lightfoot or Wilson or whoever is playing down low at that point for them. So it's it's something to worry about. Like, it, it, it's something to keep an eye on. It may end up being the storyline that we talk about after this game is over. But hopefully Kansas is able to do enough from the three-point line that they can't just camp down low and make this a battle of the two points. That, that could potentially, like, I, I think that's the one thing that Colorado can do that can make this a tough game for the Jayhawks is force everything inside and just kind of deal with the fact that they're going to be trading buckets inside, but Kansas isn't going to be able to make as many free throws and, and ride that to a potential victory at home against the Jayhawks before the Christmas break. And look, I'm going to be honest, I don't have a great segue for this one today, but I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it. Sponsor here on the podcast, we absolutely love, enjoy having them as a partner that would be symbol symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off of your sports knowledge on symbol you can trade sports teams like stocks and every time your teams win you earn cash use that sports knowledge on symbol to buy low sell high and earn those cash payouts whenever your teams win join the 8,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams by going to www.symbol.com that's s-i-m-b-u-l-l to create a free account when you deposit make sure you use that promo code chalk 12 so you can get yourself a money back guarantee 
look, NBA's going on, NFL's going on, MLB will be coming back at some point once they decide finally decide to stop striking. College football bowl games are happening right now, so if you jump in, you can still get on the action before all that happens. Uh, you know, they're going to have EPL. They have NHL as well, which is going on. They have a lot of great teams that you can go in, use that knowledge that you have. I'm sure you follow some other sports teams as well. Identify the ones you think that are going to going to win really well or are going to go up in value because people, other people think they're going to win a lot. Um, jump in there. And with this money back guarantee you get by using promo code CHALK12, you actually can jump in, deposit up to $500. Try it out for 90 days. If after 90 days you've lost money or in just in general, you decide I don't really want to do this anymore. You know, you actually can get the entire amount of your initial deposit back up to $500. That is a money back guarantee, a no risk opportunity to try this, have some fun, see how much you like it. And, and, you know, if it doesn't work out for you, you can get every single penny that you get that you deposited back. So head on over to symbol.com, use promo code CHOCK12, get that money back guarantee with on that first deposit up to $500 and start investing and profiting off your favorite teams today. So Fetch, um, any, anything else about this game or are we ready to get out of here? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think we hit it off. All right. Well, in that case, I'm going to give you just a minute here to give me a random sports minute. I know that you have to get going here, but uh, I didn't oh, want to miss an opportunity for that. If you had something, even if it's just about, yeah. you know, NFL football, since that's, happening well, right no, now I with COVID. I, I, no, I don't, I don't want to talk about the Vikings. So that's the only thing. Oh, I wasn't talking about that in general, time. but that's okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I never want to talk about them. So, um, yeah. So the, uh, getting back to our roots with the uh, cricket minutes, uh, the ashes are currently going on. Um, you'll have to probably, I can't, I can't fit the explanation for why it's called the ashes into a minute. So people will just have to Google that, but that I, is a, I uh, think a we've had series. that explanation before as well. So, I think we, I think we probably have, and I think I was way over a minute, shockingly. Um, sure. That is a, a cricket series between England and Australia. They just uh, finished up the second uh, test of the five test series last night, actually, with Australia winning. Uh, so they're now two all up in the series. All they need is uh, one draw in order to uh, retain the Ashes. Um, they're very much going to probably uh, do that, and then some. So uh, that's what I've been watching. It's on a kind of uh, you know, it's over in Australia and the. Time zones are all crazy, and I couldn't even begin to tell you how far ahead they are. I just know that it comes on around dinner time around here, so uh, it's pretty decent little late night watching if you're interested. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, Fetch, I think that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. You can just search for Rock Chalk Talk, and you can subscribe to get. I'm sorry, Rock Chalk Podcast. Wow. Uh, it's subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. Um, you know, if you can give us a rating and review, five stars, nice comments would be absolutely great. If not, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys, get you all the information you need in as entertaining way as possible. So if you ever have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast.gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are part of the Anchor platform, so you can actually leave us a voicemail, get your voice on the show. Just do that by going to anchor.fm slash rock-chalk-podcast slash message, and I promise we'll get you on there so we can answer your question or whatever it is you want uh, me to talk about. So uh, we are part of the 1012 Network. There's a bunch of great podcasts that cover all the teams in the Big 12 Conference, so you can be up to date on everything that's going to be important to understand how the Jayhawks are going to do this year and for the years to come. Just go to 1012 Network on Twitter. That's at ten one two network you can get find, find links to all those great shows. So 
Make sure you visit our sponsors, uh, Symbol, Homefield Apparel. Look, we absolutely love everything that we're doing with them. So head on over to both of their locations. Use promo code CHALK12 and you can get great deals with them. Uh, but that's going to do it for us today. Fetch, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Hey there, 1012 Network listeners. This is Dustin from the Scott Nolan Podcast, the original Houston Cougar athletics podcast, and the latest member of the 1012 Network. Uh, my co-host, Sam, do you want to tell the fine folks what the Scott Nolan Podcast is all about? I sure do. We come on here at least once a week and we talk all things going on in the world of Houston Cougar sports. Plus, we usually find time for some of what's going on in our future conference, our current conference, and really the college sports world at large. We're not just a football, men's basketball podcast. We really pride ourselves here on the fact that every single team that wears the Scarlet and Albino in Houston and their jerseys gets time on our show. Plus, from time to time, we bring on some guests ranging from opposing team experts to even former Olympic great Carl Lewis. So be sure to search the Scott and Holman podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, we spell podcast P-A-W-D cast because we are oh so funny like that. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.